Good morning, Rod Church. Good to see everybody, and God bless you. Welcome all of our locations. I want to say hello to Santa Marcos. What's up, San Marcos? City Heights, El Cajon, Chula Vista, right here in Point Loma, and also all the way in the island of Oahu. Come on, put your hands together. Let's greet one another. God bless you. Welcome to church. Welcome to the Rock Church. Uh, we are wrapping up. 21 days of prayer and fasting. This is the last week. This is the last stretch. And so just want to encourage you, keep going. Keep going. If you fell off the horse, get back up, keep going. I know sometimes we're tempted because you ate that hot Cheeto that you said you were fasting. And you, you, just, you just had to get it. Just put it, put it back and keep going. There's, there's a breakthrough. God said there's, there's certain things that will happen when you pray and fast. So keep going. This is the last week. Have you been enjoying 21 days of prayer and fasting? Yeah, hopefully you have. Um, you can stop fasting after 21 days, but keep praying. Um, Pastor Miles has been every morning at 8 o'clock on Instagram Live encouraging many of you. I know many have, uh, have seen that and you've caught the replay on YouTube. Um, I know he's been doing it, but it's by faith because I gave up social media. That's one of the things that my family's been fasting. And my phone told me this morning that my screen time was down by 18%. I said, come on, Jesus. All right, let's go. Okay, I've been checking email a lot more, but not social media, but pastors on there. And hey, as, as we end this 21 days, and maybe you've been thinking, man, I've been stuck, and this has helped me, but I want to keep going. Let, let me encourage you. I know all of our locations talked about it, but uh, a ministry one-day event called Encounter. Everybody say Encounter. Encounter. Encounter is on February 4th, and this can be like a kickstart for your spiritual life, a kickstart for your, your marriage. There's worship. There's prayer. Um, there's forgiveness, there's ministry moments in between, there's foot washing, there's so much that happens in Encounter. So if you're stuck, but you've enjoyed these last two, keep going. Keep going because Encounter will bless you. Can I get a good amen? Amen. amen. Today we are um, in week two of our series, A Firm Foundation. And A Firm Foundation, we are unpacking eight of our church values that we are going to stand on as a church, that are going to set the tone for where we go, how we operate. They're, they're going to be anchored to these things. We won't move from them. We won't be shaken from them. In week one, last week, my pastor, your pastor, uh, he preached on Jesus is our message. That's our first value. And so today, week two is our second value, and that's worship is our posture. Worship is our posture. I know we, we, started, we started singing songs. We kind of got ourselves prepped and ready, but we're going to uh, at the end, sing some more, just to, just to put, some, put some hot sauce on that worship. And so don't check out after the, the amens. I want you to lean in at all of your locations with all your campus pastors and leaders there because we're going to worship together and say, Lord, I, I, I'm here. I'm all in. I'm pressing. I'm not going back. I'm going in. Does that sound good? Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you today that you love us. Thank you that last week we heard that you are the message that we're about your gospel, your good news, Lord Jesus. And so we bless you today. Holy Spirit, have your way in this house, in our lives. Make us more like the sun. We pray that in Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen, amen. amen. So this uh, past week, I didn't realize how many times my finger would go to my screen uh, naturally, but I was checking the emails as I said more, and, and a, a notification email came up for a discount at some of the stores that, you know, we subscribe to sometimes you had to get that discount and you had to give them your email and you forgot and messed around now you get 30 emails a week from them and so they got my attention this past week and they had that discount I'm like babe we gotta 
I think we need to go because the kids need some more pants. And so we go to the store. I won't tell you the name, but we're there. And, and we're getting, you know, they had like $4 leggings for my daughter. I'm like, get 10, get 10. Get the blue, the whatever colors you want. Like you get a legging, you get a legging. We're all getting leggings here. It was $4 leggings. We're getting them. My son was getting stuff. And so we're, 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 we're coming out of, of the store and I got my hands full. My wife's got the kids, but I got my hands full of, of bags and I got the phone right here and I'm kind of Dr. Susan like this a little bit and, and holding the door. And, and, and I'm the type of guy that will hold a door. If you hold a door, put your hand out. You're, you're the kind of person that holds a door. Come on, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now look at all the people that didn't raise their hand. You just come to the door. It's like you're somebody. Well, one of y'all came to the door as I was holding it. And it's usually not a problem, but this, 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 it, it, was a, it, was, it was a woman and she was on her phone and she's not fasting social media like, like I am, I guess. I was. <laughs> and I'm like this with the bags trying to hold the door open and, and she walks through and she didn't even look up. She just walked through like this. And it, and it just, can I just tell you, I just be honest, it bothered me. Ooh, I told Vanessa, I said, that bugged me. And she goes, why? You hold the door at church for like thousands of people. Hundreds of people at your location, I'll, I'll, we'll hold the door open, maybe you do the same thing and I'll get the little door stop, I'll hold it right, and I'm, I'm right there and, and some of you walk by and you know, I'm not, it's no big deal. No, I'll do it all day long. But as a pastor, even I have to check myself and ask myself, okay, wait a minute. Why, why did I have a problem with that? Is it because my relationship is in church or is it in Christ? Uh-oh. Even as a pastor, because if it's in church, I can leave all my spiritual stuff right here. But if it's in Christ, I have to live that out daily. I gotta live it out daily. Here's what Romans says in Romans 12 verse one. And so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be, here's that word, a living and holy sacrifice. It's alive, it's not dead. It's a, it's a living type of thing. The kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And so this is the apostle Paul and, and what Paul is saying. He says, true worship isn't just a Sunday thing. It's not just a Sunday thing. It's, it's a every day you're living type of thing. It's how I go about my life. It's how I go about walking into a room. It's how I sit. It's how I wait. It's how I work. It's an everyday type of thing. Worship, look up here, is a posture. That means that's just how I stay. I just stay, I just stay in this posture of worship. It's how we stay. It's a posture. It's not a preference because sometimes I don't feel like singing. I don't like the song. I didn't like the vibe. I didn't like the music. I didn't like the temperature. I didn't like the light. He was in my seat. <sighs> Got here late, didn't get the kids in. I don't prefer to worship today. It's not a preference, it's a posture. It's a posture, not a performance. I'm right here with the hands, single fellas, just looking good, smelling nice. You know, one hand here, other hand like scrolling the audience. <laughs> scrolling for, for rings and trying to see who's a, who got snatched and who's not. Just out here just looking at, you know what I mean? It's a posture, not a performance. It's a posture, not a program. You can't program worship. Even with two fast songs and two slow songs and a worship moment and a giving moment and a message, it's a posture, it's not a program. 
It's not attached to position. No, it's a posture. It's not because I'm the leader or you're the leader or you're the pastor or they're the singer. It's a posture. I'm gonna hit you with it. You ready? Here's the sermon in a sentence. Worship is more than a Sunday, a song, or a ceremony. It's the posture that you live out daily. Worship is more than a Sunday. It's more than a song. It's more than a ceremony. It's the posture that you and I live out daily. And I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter 14. Matthew, Mark, that's the second book in the New Testament. And there's a great story that I wanna dive into today and, and, and look into. Get your Bibles out. Matthew, Mark, San Marcos, you're with us. Oahu, you're with us. Aloha. I wish I wish we were in Oahu. Dang. I feel like it'd be more spiritual if I was in Oahu. Just praying for everybody. Mark chapter 14. I'm gonna read verses one through nine. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him, but not during the festival, they said, or people may riot. While he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper. That's a rough nickname, by the way. You could have been Simon the tall guy. Simon the dude that ate too much. He was Simon the leper. A woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, I love this, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her even in San Diego, California. So here's what we know, it's Holy Week. I know where that festival comes from. It's just before Jesus goes to the cross. It's probably Wednesday and Thursday, Jesus killed on a Friday. And so it's right in the middle of the week and Jesus is reclining with friends and a woman who we find out later, because this story is in three other of the gospel accounts, it's in Matthew and Mark and in John, and Luke has a different version with a different woman with a similar story. But we find out this is Mary. She's the sister of Martha, Mary and Martha. She's the sister of Lazarus. And Lazarus, just the chapter before, was dead. But then Jesus comes and raises Lazarus from dead. Now he's living. And so Mary has a real, real clear account, real clear idea of who Jesus is. She knows who Jesus is. She knows what Jesus has done. She knows what he can do. And without reservation, she shows all of us what a posture of worship looks like. It's all poured out. It's all poured out. And so I wanna give you three things that a posture of worship looks like. Here's the first one. A posture of worship is sacrificial. It's sacrificial. That means it comes at a cost. Sacrificial means it, it comes at a cost. Look at verse three in the story. While Jesus was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar, pay attention, very, a very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Here's what we know as we keep reading. It cost about a year's wages. Now, I don't know what you make, but I guarantee you it can pay for more than one jar of perfume. 
I know you can afford more than, than one little thing of, of, of cologne, but it says that this wasn't just any perfume. And, and perfume was already rare. This is a real rare thing if you had perfume. You had something that smelled nice, not everybody had that. And this isn't just perfume, it says it's expensive. And it goes beyond that, it's very expensive perfume and it was pure. Because some of it, you know, you, know, you got that, that eau de toilette, toilet, you know what I'm saying? Like the watered down version. You gotta do like 10 sprays for it to stick. This is that pure stuff. Pure nard is what the Bible says and she broke it and pours it all out. Um, I, I, when I was, I was little, I don't know, 10 years old, something like that. I don't remember the age, but I remember the story. I was at school and I found this little sample bottle of cool water. Come on, the 90s, where you at? Come on, Dracar. Okay. We got any Old Spice in the house? Hey. Come on, brother. That's your grandfather's Old Spice, man. It's not that new, new. It's that old, old, man. Now I found this little sample of cool water. And, I, and I, I went home and I, my sister is about eight years older than me. I told her last night, I said, you're gonna be in my sermon. And, I, and I, I called her, I saw her later that day and I said, hey, I think this is the, the cologne that your, that your boyfriend at the time uh, was wearing. She said, oh, he can't afford that, no way. That's cool water. I said, oh, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know this was expensive. He can't afford that stuff. He's got, the, he's got the knockoff version, the knockoff CKB. He's got the knockoff eternity. You know, it's called forever. It's not eternity, it's called forever. <laughs> same look, same bottle, same color, but different name. And she goes, he can't afford that cool water. That's different. And so I took that, I took that cool water and, I, and I, I, I made it last like two years. <laughs> and I would, just, I would just dab it right here and I just a little bit. And, and, and I, I brought, this is, this is usually what I'm rocking with. I usually rock Aqua de Gio. You guys, some of you guys know this. Hey, 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 ba 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 ba. Yeah, right. But there's a way to put cologne on and there's a way not to do it. Can I get an amen? Okay, okay, that's because we've been smelling all y'all that don't know how to do it. Okay, if, if, if I'm here and, and you're in El Cajon and I can smell you, that's too much. That's too much. Okay, you, you can, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can dab it, I'm gonna do a little bit right there and you just do this right here. You don't even rub it, right? You rub it, you mess up the oils. You just kind of go like this. Okay, I'm sorry, front row, I'm sorry. Okay, you could do that. Um, the way I used to do it in high school, and I'll, I'll show it to you one time because I only got a little bit left. Unless someone wants to send me a new supply of Aqua de Gio, then we'll be here all day. But this, you, see, you know what I'm talking about right here, it's just kind of like this. Okay, now it's everywhere. It's everywhere. This woman took the whole jar worth a year's salary and she poured it all out. It cost her everything. Her worship was sacrificial. Hebrews 13 says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually, that's, that's all the time. That's not on a Sunday, that's all the time. Offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly professes his name. So let me ask you, how would the people that know you best describe your worship to God? Where they go, oh, it's just a little tap, tap praise. I serve, but I don't give. Or no, Jesus gets a two spray type of praise. I serve and I, and I give, but I don't sing. Or, or because you know who God is, you serve, you, you sing, and you say, no, God is worthy of my praise. He is worthy of me being all poured out. I serve even when it's inconvenient. 
I, I give instead of taking the vacation. I'm generous even though I've always been generous. I praise God and I lift my voice. I shout even though I have nothing to shout about. Why would I do that? Because I know what God has done. I learned about it last week. God lived, Jesus lived the life that I could never live. He did it perfectly. And then he died the death that I deserve. And then through the power of the resurrection, he conquered sin and death. That's why I worship him. He's worthy of me saying, I'm gonna worship you all poured out. I know who God is. Here's the second thing. A posture of worship is extravagant. Extravagant, it doesn't make sense to people. That's what that means, it's extravagant. Mark 14 and verse four, some of those that were there, they said indignantly, that word I had to look up, what does indignantly mean? It means that you're just mad at something. You think that's wrong. With anger, that's wrong. And so with, 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 with that tone, indignantly, they said to one another, why this waste of perfume? That's wrong, why so much? That's excessive, that looks extra. Oh, this, this past Christmas, um, uh, Vanessa was asking, we need to get one of those um, video camera doorbells. And we got one of those video camera doorbells and she's like, we gotta, we gotta get it. I'm like, why, why do we need that? And, and see my wife and I asked her if I could share the story and she said, it's okay. Um, she watches a lot of those like true crime shows that scare her. I'm like, why are you watching those? And she's like, I, don't, I just, you know, I just, and she's always looking behind the blinds and stuff. And, and <laughs> I'm like, stop watching. And, it, and it's always like, almost got away. You know what I mean? Like they almost do it and they show you how, but they caught them. And she's like, well, they always catch them. So I feel better about it. But she's always like this. And, and, and so we, we got the, the doorbell with the video camera, but we set it to like extra sensitive. And, and the way it works is it will ding your, your phone and tell you somebody's at the door. How about that? Right, could you tell me a little bit further out before they get to the door? And so we got it set to ultra sensitive and, it, and I got my first notification at like 3 a.m. that first night and it said, someone's at the door. I'm like, well, shoot. <laughs> I don't think it was gonna work that fast, but I didn't even wanna watch the video, but I pulled it up and it was a cat. Cause we had it set to ultra sensitive. And the cat was like in the cul-de-sac, 100 feet away. And I told my wife, I said, I think this is too much. <laughs> and I said, I, this is extra. I don't, I don't get it. And she goes, I know you don't get it because I'm neighborhood watch. I said, oh. <laughs> I said, oh. <laughs> when the people in your life and around your life see you worship, they may not get it. They may say, your service on Sunday your generosity, your loud praise while you drive, your Maverick City down the street, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. And you can say that's okay if you don't get it, but I get it and Jesus does too. Because I'm postured for worship. I'm postured, I'm not playing worship, I'm postured for worship. This is how I stay. And a posture of worship is first, it's sacrificial. And it's also extravagant. Psalm 108 says, your love, God, is so extravagant. It reaches higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness is so astonishing. It stretches to the skies. Listen, I just want to be like my Savior. Extravagant worship to a God who extravagantly loves you and me. That's what I want to do. Here's the third thing. And I'm trying to go quick because I want us to worship together. Here's the third thing. A posture of worship is unashamed. It's unashamed. Because it's easy to feel like I gotta hide this, or I, gotta, I, can't, I can't rock the cross, or I can't be open about my faith, I can't pray, pray at work. It's, it's easy to, to go there, but unashamed means I'm, I'm without reservation. I'm without reservation. In Mark 14, verse five and six, it says it could have been sold for more than a year's wages. That's what they, they tell her, they begin to rebuke her. And the, and the money given to the poor 
They rebuked her harshly. They didn't just say, I bind you in Jesus' name, get back. They rebuke her harshly. How could you? What are you doing? This is ridiculous. What are you thinking? And, and she's at the feet of Jesus. Leave her alone, Jesus says. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. Here, here's a little detail that we learn in another account of the same story in John 12, verse three. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard and an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. Don't miss this because Mary is now on her knees with Jesus. Don't miss that. I'm, I'm, I'm unashamed of my worship. And she's on her knees and her, her head is, is down because that's the only way I can think to, to use hair. I would, you know, I would be like this with Jesus with my hair, but, and I'm not trying to make it silly, but. I mean, ladies, maybe just for a second, think about that. An hour with that straight iron. You know, the mist in San Diego hits you. It's like, oh no, I gotta go in. And she's on her knees with her hair and she's getting harassed so much that Jesus has to step in and says, leave her alone, leave her alone. And she's not ashamed. She has no reservation of what she's doing. I, um, I'll be married about 11 years this summer. And so 13 years ago when Vanessa and I were dating, I threw this birthday party for her 20, 25th birthday party. And um, in my way, I kind of went all out. You know, I'm just trying to flex and show her I'm here. Let's make this official. And so I catered dinner for like 50 people, her favorite food. And um, uh, I bought her a couple of dresses and she picked out the one. It was a surprise. So she showed up nice and 50 people surprised were there, the food, a little slideshow. Uh, I made the slideshow to Bruno Mars. You know what I mean? When I see your face. You know, that's the one I did. It's a little sample for you. And we danced. But there was a moment for whatever reason, I decided, you know what, I'm gonna do a little dance for you. Not that kind of dance, get your, get, don't be nasty, come on now, don't be weird. <laughs> but this is terrible even telling you, I'm embarrassed saying it right now. I'm like, I'm gonna do like a little thing to Usher. <laughs> I'm, I'm ashamed right now <laughs> telling you this story. <laughs> you said, how did it go, is that what you said? Yeah. No, 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 no. But back then, you couldn't have talked me out of it. She was a professional dancer. I represent the freestyle side of the family. You couldn't have talked me out of it because I loved her. And I, I would have done anything for her. And unashamed in that moment, when you have a real encounter with Jesus and you know this is gonna be a lifelong relationship, you understand the gospel, what he's done for you, the only reasonable response is to live a life of worship. A posture of worship, it's more than Sunday, it's more than today, it's more than a song, we're gonna sing, but it's more than a ceremony, it's the posture that you live out daily and when you posture yourself for worship, it will be sacrificial. You will do things that don't make sense to the world. It will look extravagant. But by the grace of God, you can come to a point where you can do it without reservation, unashamed. Unashamed. So here's my, here's my left hook, and then we're gonna worship. 
Something in the story that I just couldn't figure out is why did she have to break it? She broke the jar. I didn't get it. Because traditionally Jewish women would, would go around with a little vial around their neck. It just, you know, they, they, don't, they can't take showers like we do. They can't wash our hands like we do. And they would have a little vial, they'd put it in their breath to cleanse themselves, to keep themselves clean. So that was normal that you had something small. But why did she come with this alabaster jar and break it? If you could open the small ones, why'd you break it? And so I had to kind of dive in this past week as I'm studying and I found out that when a young Jewish woman gets to the age of marriage, her family would then go and, and purchase an alabaster jar. And they would, as a family, come together and they would do their very best to put everything they could into the alabaster jar and fill it with oils and fill it with perfume and fill it with, with, with sweet smelling incense. And the hope was that one day a suitor would come a man, and he would propose. And upon proposing, she would then take the jar and she would break it right at his feet as an act of honor. And she would get on her knees and she would wash his feet and say, I accept your proposal. But this story is something different because at this point, the alabaster jar has nothing to do with saying, yes to the dress, it's all about Jesus. It's so much bigger than that. And we don't know why that she never got to use this box, but we do know that she knows who Jesus is. She has a very clear picture. She worships him because she remembers just a few moments ago, days ago, you brought my brother back to, you have the power to forgive sin. You have the power to cancel death. You have power that no one else has. You can change the world. You can change my life at a moment's notice. That's why I came to worship. And she takes her alabaster jar and she breaks it and puts it at the feet of Jesus, all to say, Jesus, I accept your proposal. Be my Lord. I accept your love. I honor your grace. I honor your power. I'll receive everything that you want to give me, Jesus. Take this, it's yours. I'm all poured out. And so the invitation today in a moment is we're going to worship and we're going to open up the altar at all of our locations. And the challenge is for you to come forward if you need it to say, Jesus, I'm all poured out. I, I acknowledge who you are. Maybe it's for the first time today you're saying, Jesus, I, I want to be with you. And it may look sacrificial because I've never done this before. It may feel extravagant to me because I got my kids here, my wife, and maybe I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna feel a little different. But maybe today's a day that you're gonna be unashamed without reservation coming to the altar. And the altar is open, you can come now. And then we're gonna worship. Here's what I know, God's word tells us that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And so for whatever reason, if you've been feeling distant from God in this season, maybe it's because you're too far from the praise. So come forward today and worship and say, Jesus, I'm all poured out. Let's stand together as we worship God. Let me pray. Jesus, thank you today at all of our locations, all of our churches, God, we pray that you would receive our worship as glory to the Son. This isn't just what we do, it's what we value. You're the message, but worship today is our posture. And so we bless the name that is unlike any other name. His name is Jesus. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is the Lord of Kings and the King of all Lords. There is no one like you, Lord. No one like you. And so we bless you today. We worship you and we praise you. We're all poured out.
And in Jesus' mighty name, everybody said a good amen. Amen. Let's give him praise. Come on, church. Come on, put your hands together. Lift your voice. Once you give God a great shout of praise, and let's worship.